noise, make 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 noise. She's a man that I highly respect. One of the top 50 MCs on my list, and I will explain why. You know, had a very short career, but in that career had some bangers, funky enough. The formula, uh, the DOC and the doctor, uh, this guy's delivery was like no one else's at the time. Then I never turn with the time that I'm making. It's it. Like, you, you had something that nobody else was doing. Uh, his trajectory was different. He was part of the NWA collective, and, and, and I'm comfortable with my sexuality, sir, so I'm going to say this. He was the handsome pretty boy out of the guy, and he was on the trajectory to be the sex symbol of NWA, man. And um, there's nothing else to say. The DOC, the Diggy Diggy Doctor right here, man. What's hey, that, man? You hey, doing? God bless you, Scoop. Thank you for all that. that is, it is appreciated, brother. I don't take it for granted. Ah, man, it's, it, it's real, man. And, and, you know, the last time that I saw you, I ran into you randomly going up a fucking... Going up a pair, uh, going up a flight of stairs in the parking garage. I was like, "Yo, bro, oh shit, what's going on?" <laughs> and, and, and we never got a chance to really chop it. And I'm just so happy that, that we're gonna get this chance right now because there's so many things that I just wanted to know as a fan. This is a fan of, of 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 music. I wasn't even when you guys were doing that. I wasn't even Fat Man Scoop then. I was just a fucking observer of of what's going on. Um, even just looking at all the videos today, I was just studying, looking at videos and stuff. I saw T.K. Kirkland yeah. in, in, in the video. He was in that video. That was him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was around. He was the he was the MC of the Straight Out of Compton tour. He was. Oh, shit, okay. Yeah, because and, and, and he came out that's of the and shit. Thought it was that's funny. Crazy. Wow, wow. So, so let's start here, man. Um, what was the reason that you wanted to rap in the first place? Why did you want to rap? What what made you want to do it? You know, I'm I'm a student of of the of the era, the, the before mine, you know what I mean? That's, it was all New York back then. It was Run and Slick Rick and Big Daddy Kane and Coogee Rap and KRS One and fucking Rock Him, you know, the God. It was all of these guys. It, when I first decided, you know what, I want to do that, you know, and I chose those guys as my teachers. Wasn't no West Coast then, wasn't no South then, you know what I mean? So I was trying to be them. That's why, that's, that's probably why East Coast guys feel attached to it, because it's mm -hmm. really they shit, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm just giving you your shit back, you know what I mean? Uh, mm -hmm. Just with a little Southern to it, then with a little West Coast to it. It, it, it's so crazy because you, you're so right about what you were saying. When you came out, it's like we thought you were from the East Coast. You, we thought you were like from the East Coast and you got a deal out there and that's how you wound up out there. But little, little did we know you were from Dallas and, and, and you were part of a crew down there. How was rap in Dallas? What was the vibe back then? Because you know, like you said, there was no West Coast. No, no down south. What was it like being a, a rapper in in Dallas at that time? You know, it, it was a lot like uh, Crush Groove, you know what I mean? Like, it was just mm -hmm. groups of guys all over the city just trying to figure that shit out, you know what I mean? And they was chasing each other, but
but but I was chasing them New York niggas. I that's who I wanted. You know what I mean? Like, um, my, my, my what I was doing was even different from what they was doing because they was they was battling with each other, but I was battling with you guys. Hmm, that's crazy. So so, how did you come to the attention of Ruthless? How did you come to the attention of Ruthless Records? Were easy. Well, uh, I was in a group called uh, the Feel the First Crew. This guy named mm -hmm. Dr. Rock was connected to Lonzo and mm -hmm. I think the World Class Record Crew and all of that stuff. And he uh, introduced me. He asked Dre to come produce some songs for our group. And uh, that's how Dre and I met. You know, we we wrote and produced the records and he was like, wow, kid, you all this shit. He was like, if, if you was on the West Coast, I guarantee you we'd be rich. Uh, and so shit worked out that that's exactly what happened. Wow. So so you knew, what was your first impression of Dre? Because he wasn't the billionaire Dr. Dre that we know now. He wasn't beats by Dre. He wasn't, you know, aftermath and nothing. He was just like, a, what was your original thought about him when you met him? Well, Anything special? The sound was exactly the same. The sound didn't change. I knew the motherfucker was cold-blooded. I knew he was the guy when I met him. I knew he was the guy before he did. I, that's what I think. Um, but I knew it all. Because when you make a record with Dre, uh, I remember making records where you go in the studio, you spend all this time, and you're done. It sounds pretty good. But, but you tell each other it's going to sound really good once it gets mastered and mixed, right? That's what you tell yourself. When you work on a song with Dre, the way that bitch sound that night, that's it. Hmm. That's it. How long, how long does he usually take when he makes a record? Because we don't know anything about how he does anything. We don't even have any records to hear. <laughs> I've been waiting for fucking detox for fucking 13 years. Dog, it takes Dre about maybe a half an hour to come up with some dope shit. And it's long and it's, you know, I, what it, what he doing with it, I don't know, but it, he got some shit out there. Right, so, so it only takes him 30 minutes, but he will not give, it only takes him 30 minutes, but he will not give us shit. <laughs> and he can, he can bang these records out like it ain't nothing, but he just won't give us anything. Uh, man, it's cold, it's a cold guy. It's a cold. That's crazy. So, so, so now you come in and you, you come in and you wound, you wind up with NWA. When did they ask you to start writing? For them? Oh, that's what I came there for. I came to help uh, with Easy's record, mm -hmm. and uh, with it, you know, I came to help first. Then, then I was next. You know what I'm saying? Now, 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 now you're out there, right? And. You know, you, this is this is a new experience. You're in fucking, you're in Los Angeles. When you hear them doing these kind of records, had there been anybody that you heard doing that beforehand? Had anybody in Dallas been cursing on the records, talking gang shit on the records? Well, this was something completely new. There was a there was a few guys in Dallas that was doing it, but but mm -hmm. but it had become popular. It had it. Had, started becoming popular with, with guys like Too Short and Easy. And, you know, Easy was a huge motherfucking thing down here mm -hmm. way before I met him. Um, 
Boys in the Hood was a really, really big record here. And, uh, and they came down here with that in Too Short After. Uh, I forgot, I think it was the shit, I forget what record that was. With the record after Boys in the Hood? No, no, I'm talking about Too Short's first record, Born the Mac, I think it was. Oh, yeah, yeah, Born the Mac, Born the Mac was some shit. Born the Mac was some shit. It, it was popping down there, so it was already here with some guys, but they wasn't doing it like that. Now, 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 we all watched the movie. So I, at the time, again, like, I, you know, I've met Dre, I've met, you know, I've come across Yella and Len and all that, but I never knew anything about it. How accurate was that movie, Straight out of Compton? Because you were there. You were there for a lot of this. I witnessed it. What, what, how, how legit was it? It was a good movie. I saw it. I think uh, they told a story that they was trying to tell, and it was interesting, and it was parts of it that was right on point, and it was parts of it that wasn't, you know, but I don't think their job was to tell the truth. I think they was trying to make an entertaining movie, and I enjoyed it. I went and saw it, and I enjoyed it. What, what, were, what were some of the, because there's always two sides to a story. What was some of the best times you ever had being with NWA, being on the road, experiencing that life? What was it like? Oh, man. Yeah, it was the shit. No question. Yeah, I, I mean, it was just the shit. It was brand new. Um, like, it was just dope. You know what I mean? Because the shit was brand new. It was kids was experiencing the shit for the first time and, and even if it wasn't my shit per se I had written it so it was I still kind of felt like it was mm -hmm. my shit you know yeah yeah 100% you were part of the creative process that is your shit yeah yeah I felt like that so even though they weren't they didn't know it I was still digging it really digging the way that the people were acting and shit you know um, now now, now the, the question that I want to know is, this was early in the game. This was early in Gangsta Rap. Were, were you guys getting approached on the road by gangsters and fighting all the time and having to do all kinds of crazy shit because y'all were talking that shit? Or was it not like that at all? No, it was like that. Some, sometimes, it, it was <laughs> sometimes it was wild, you know? Like, that shit, it was real. You know what I mean? And... I gotta be honest. I was I, I wasn't prepared for that shit because that wasn't the world I, I grew up in. You know, to, to me that shit was crazy. Uh, but, you know, I was I was in the middle of it. I can't. I, I couldn't necessarily get out of it. I had to finish it. But but that shit was wild. Well, in the early days it was fun, fun wild. Right. right? Then the shit got real. You know, and then it went real wild. And that was a motherfucker, but but um, the, the the entire experience was a blessing. And man, it it feels fantastic to be on the other end of it, doing my motherfucking yard. <laughs> That's what I was doing before I called you, cutting my goddamn grass with with no problems. Peace on. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Because when you you know. Just look at it as a bystander. 
I knew that the shit y'all were talking about was so real that whatever city you went to, somebody was going to have to approach you about that shit. And, 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 and I mean, of course, they had in the movie where, you know, he's fucking some chick or whatever the case may be, and they had to put, put a gun in the face. And I'm, I'm sure that that story was the PG version of exactly what the fuck happened. The real version is probably more dramatic, worse. Um, so for you to be able to be uh, mowing your fucking lawn at this at this place in your life is truly a, a, a blessing because I know a little bit about touring myself, and I've been in some dangerous ass situations. And I and I say hands up, hands up. So if you really talking some real street shit, you gotta be you gotta be in the middle of it. NWA consists of of five members, I believe, right? Dr. Dre, Wen, Cube, Easy, and Dre. Can you give me a memory or or or, or make us understand what each kind each person was like? What was MC Wen like? Give us, tell us what MC Wen was about as a person. Wen is just silent. You know, he don't he don't talk much. He's just a silent dude. You know what I mean? Like, ain't no fake in him. He's not a liar. You know, he's a real nigga. He's not a punk. He's a street guy. But he's not flashy. You know, he's just a solid dude. Uh, he, he He's the quiet guy. He's the quiet guy that if you turn him up, he's going to hurt somebody. Well, if he turns up, it's already fucked up. I mean, if he turns up, the shit is fucked up. You know what I mean? He don't... He want to quiet shit down, so if if he over the top, it's already fucked up. It's already crazy. It's already fucked what up. What about, nobody really knows about Yellow. Nobody knows about DJ Yellow. What was what was DJ Yellow about? We never really, you know, all we did was see him cut. We never, you know, I'm sure he, he felt like a very funny and humorous guy. Yeah. But we never knew anything about him. What what was he about? That that was him. It was just like jokes all the goddamn time. He was a whole hopper, you know. It was always him in a broad somewhere. That's it. So let me ask you a question. First of all, Yella is light, bright, and almost white. He's joking <laughs> and laughing and fucking having a, 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 a good time. How does that mesh with a group of serious-looking motherfuckers? Didn't fuck with none of them. You know what I mean? Uh, nobody gives a fuck about that shit, man. Them guys is out there to make some money. Right. And, and sell some records, right? Like, as far as the, the life that they talking about on those records, really only Easy and maybe Ran was really 1,000 about that kind of shit. The rest of those guys were musicians, you know? They just lived in the middle of that shit. And so you can't live in it and the shit not touch you. But, and not touch you, right? right. And not but, touch you. But easy. That's crazy. Easy was the only. William and Layla was the only. Just street guys, that was out there like that. I listen. I never even knew that because, again, Len just appeared to me to be a very quiet guy, a very low key guy. You know, he was he was in the background. He was part of the group, but he was. He was more in the background. He was never, you know, like like that. And come to find out, he the largest motherfucker in the whole in the whole thing. Over the easy. Yeah, man. He's a real one. Wow. He's a real one, but he's a solid dude. Like he's solid dude. Yeah. He, 
You can look in his face and see that, that that's the case. What about Ice Cube? What, was, was he black power the moment you met him? Was he on that from the beginning? Yeah. Yeah. But Cube was just, Cube was a really intelligent, good person. You know what I mean? He's an intelligent guy. He's a good guy. But he's a street nigga too. You know, he in that, you know, he lived like they live. He talked like they talk. And he got that, that kind of killer instinct in him too. But he's always been really conscious. And, uh, of his work, even when he was writing bullshit, he knew what he was doing. You know what I'm saying? It, it wasn't um, like the, some of that early express yourself. You know what I mean? That, that, that's that's some real thinking type shit, but juxtaposed to, boss, you want to do a suck my dick kind of shit. You know what I mean? So he had both of those things in him. And Cube, with one of his, Cube's first line, is the line that lets you know everything. And most of his raps, it's always that first, when he said that first line, you know what's gonna happen. Either he, either he finna go black power, he finna tear your ass up one or two. Once again, it's on. Like, like he just, he just, he just, and now that I think about like, everybody shoot. Cube always, he always come out the gate like fucking he always come out the gate like right out the fucking once again it's on. That's like, it. Like, I just think of it. As soon as you said that, that's that's the first thing I thought of. Yeah, man. Every every first line. Goddamn, I'm glad y'all set it up. Wow, that's that's crazy. That, that's crazy. Oh uh, my um, god. What were you? Were you? What did you think when he started to become the the family guy in the movies? Doing all the family movies. Are we there yet? And stuff like that. Did you say like? I would never expect that dude to do that. Or you were like, yo, man, he's exact. This this is exactly what he probably had in the play. Yeah, man. I was super proud of him. We we all saw that at the beginning. We all thought Cube and I, Cube and I were going to do those kind of things at some point. Daddy, no! Hey, I'm on the phone. You can't. My daddy pushed me. He pushed you? Yeah. Well, go tell him I said, don't push you no more. Listen, some, somebody say that to me like that, I'm going back in my room. I'm going to go sit my ass down. Because it's too cool and too calm. Me, I'm yelling all over the place. You just like, yo, man, tell them to go sit down and don't do that to you again. For me, when I hear that, if I'm a kid, I think I'm getting a beat. And that's my personal opinion. That's my personal opinion. Hey, we all got kids, man. My kids are grown now, so I don't have to really beat them. I just got to threaten them that they're not going to get no more money. Big brothers give my little brother the blues. That's all right. It's all, it's all good. Um, another person I want to ask you about quick, and then I'm going to move on. Dr. Dre. Yeah. You don't know a lot about Dr. Dre. What kind of person is he? You never seem to know. Nobody never seems to know much about him. You know what? Dr. Dre is a rare fucking breed. They, they, I've never met another motherfucker like him. You know what I mean? That's... That's my brother, and I got nothing but love for him. I've seen that nigga make niggas with nothing into niggas with everything. I've watched him do that shit over and over and over and over, and I helped him out a little bit, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But he does that shit with a pure heart, 
for, for the sake of the art in its purest form, just to make some dope new shit, that kind of nigga, right? Mm. So just as an artist, as a musician, and as my brother, I love the guy. I think he's dope as fuck. So, so based on that, Beach by Dre is cool, but it's, he's not. He's less about the money and more about the art. The billionaire really, the billionaire shit don't really phase him. It's more about the music. If, yeah. if none of that shit was here, he wouldn't care. As yeah. long as he was making great music. Yeah. I think he want that money though, for sure. <laughs> but but uh, but he, but 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 he really is an artist in the in the purest sense. You know what I mean? Like <clears throat> I learned a lot watching him. Now now now, because again, I was going through all the videos, listening to songs back in the days when NWA Dre was producing shit like boom. It was like the shit was just coming, delivery, delivery, delivery. Compared to now, like we don't get shit. Why? Why is that? Like you would you would do this close to him, so you're the only one I can ask. Why? Man, why I, we get nothing? I can't tell you. I saw, I get to hang out with my guy maybe three, four times a year. You know what I mean? Uh, and when we hanging out, we just kicking it. We 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 play around making music, but it's really just for fun. And uh, I don't know how he feels about putting out records at. Uh, 50, what, 55 years old. I, I don't know where he's at with that, you know what I mean? But he's always making it. And the shit he got is dope, if you ask me. If you ask Snoop, if you ask Bust, if you ask uh, fucking who was in that last time. All these freaking superstars that sit around and kick it when he making it. The shit be dope. And they all clown him saying, but you're never going to put the shit out. You never gonna put the shit out? Or maybe, maybe he need to grab a couple, like he need to grab a couple of niggas. Maybe I need to call out there and be like, oh, Dre, listen, I know I ain't never gonna hear it. I won't bring my phone. Just just let me in, man. Let me let me hear an album or two and fuck it, man. I'll, I'll, I'll play it back in my mind. Speaking of, speaking of Snoop Dogg, when I interviewed Snoop Dogg, he told me that you were a major, major influence in the rapper that he became. What was your first impression of Snoop Dogg? And how did you mold him? And how did you help him? Yeah, when, well, Dre recognized Snoop as the guy. And so Dre told me, I told Dre we had to make a record. I told Dre he had to make a record. Dre told me we had to get that guy to help us. And we need him to be all he can be. And so, just as a team player, all I could do was put my energy into the dog. And he was really, he was a young guy. He was real humble. He was super receptive. You know what I mean? Like, it was just a great situation to be in. And so, even though I was suffering from depression and stuck all in the alcohol and drugs and shit, being with Snoop, gave me a way to, you know, have my shit together kind of in a way through him, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And so I put a lot of energy into making sure that everything he did was dope, for sure that. And I think he just recognized that, man. He, and he always gives it up, but I couldn't teach him shit. He was already shit, 
I just helped him. You just, you just pushed him in the way that he needed to go. So, yeah. so now, now I'm gonna go back a little bit. You had your own album. You're doing your thing. Like I said, you had you had those records, the formula, all that shit. Everything was happening. Like it, it was moving. I saw the trajectory just as a fan. I was starting to come into the music business. So now I'm understanding at that time. Okay, this is what they're doing. I'm watching what Atlantic Records is doing. I see which way they're going. They're behind you. They're behind you, behind you. Like, this This is going. And then, you know, shit is taking off. Then you have the crash. You know, what happened? What, what, you know, what, what, what was it? What was the result of? Was it, was it that, you know, somebody went, crashed into you? What happened? What, what, what took place with that? Man, it, it, was, a, it was a moment in time, Kim Folk. It was uh, a young nigga with too much, too fast, and just way out of pocket, you know, living real life, you know what I mean? And nobody could tell me shit. I didn't have no family out there, and I spent all my time with these guys who was all being a certain kind of way, so I'm trying to compete with that, I think, in my own kind of way. Mm -hmm. Start doing too much, drinking too much, showing off too much, and uh, ended up falling asleep in my car one night, driving home from fucking around, you know, and crashed out, you know. Uh, I went out the back window of the car and bounced on the, of a, like a Honda Prelude, and bounced on the freeway and slammed into a tree and barely made it, you know, barely made it. But when it was all said and done, my voice was gone. Just just like that, like, like boom, you got in the crash, your voice is gone. Yeah. So now, how do the medical people break that to you? How do they come to you and say, I mean, who tells you? So when I woke up, uh, I couldn't talk at all. I didn't have nothing. And they said that it could come back slowly. And it could be, it might could be normal, but they didn't know. And so I didn't have anything for about a month. And then a long time. Matter of fact, when we was writing, when we was doing Niggas for life. The raps I was whispering, whispering the raps in the in the niggas' ears and shit. Right. While they was rapping, cause that's all I had, you know. But um, and just slowly, um, over time, it's this is where it is. <laughs> wow. What 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 is the? Do you create a plan for yourself ASAP? Or you were just kind of down and depressed. Were you like, yo, man, listen. Okay, I don't have a voice, but I'm going to write. You know, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to write this. I'm going to write this. Or did you, you were just down and depressed and you could not move or do anything. Yeah. Did you get right to work? What happened? Well, well I'm a writer, bro. So no matter, you know, no matter what state of mind I'm in, I'm going to do that because that's what I do. But, but I was fucked up. You know, I was, I mean, I can't even... There are no words exist that can explain that fall, bro. 
Nobody, I can't even, I can't tell you that. But what I can tell you is when I woke up, I was fucked up. And I stayed fucked up for about 20 years, you know. But I was highly functional. And I got shit done. Uh, mm. And I was still good, you know what I mean? But mentally, I was just gone. <clears throat> I wasn't building for nothing. I wasn't living for nothing. Uh, I was just in the world, you know. I had to, I had to find my way back. Luckily, mm. for this little girl in Dallas named Erica, I kind of found my way back. Wow. Okay, okay. So, I, I, you know, I was going to ask you another question, but I got to hear that. What happened with that? This little girl, Erica, how did you wind up dealing with her? Well, Russell Simmons was doing this thing called the Hip Hop Summit. Hold on, hold on, people. By the way, he's talking about Erica Badu, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, talk, run it down, bro. So, Russell was doing the Hip Hop Summit in California. He asked me to be on his panel. When we got through with his panel, I asked him to do that in Dallas. I said, you know, they need it down there too. He, he said, if you raise the bread, you put it together, I'll be there. So that's what I did. Raise the bread, I put it together. Hey, mom, my mother's dropping off. See, that's what I mean by peace, bro. Come on, come on, come on with it, bro. I, 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 I'd love to see it. Anybody, mother, I'd love to see it. Because I, I know what it's like to have your mama. That's a blessing. Um, I gotta go. I love you. Well, I'm bored. I'm whooped their ass. So, Russell came down and brought the summit. He invited Erica to the summit. I hadn't seen Erica since we was kids, you know. Just, I hadn't seen, I had never seen her as Erica Du before that day, Erica Badu. Mm -hmm. So she came up and she was, uh, she was Erica Badu, nigga, she was, huh? And uh, we tripped out, you know, at, at the, the way things that went. So we just started kind of hanging, hanging out and talking about back then and all that old kind of shit. And, uh, you know. You fucking too, you, you fucking helped with that. Yeah, my girl, my she she became somebody that that I that I leaned on and she really helped me find my way back to taking care of myself, you know. That's crazy that's crazy. And she so she is she she brought you back that's what I was going to ask you. What did you do to emerge from that dark place? But Erica Badu brought you out of that dark place and brought you, brought you to where you needed to be. Yeah, me a baby. You know what I mean? So when that when that little girl came, my daughter named Puma. She's like 16 years old now. But when Puma came, man. Like it was a different kind of love for an old man, and she she made me really start giving a damn. You know what I mean? And so that allowed wow. me to get away from that pain. I cleaned up and started being a good dad. 
Hold on, I can't hear you. I can't hear you. I sat back, slid out there, get away from that thing. I cleaned myself up and started being a good dad. Hold on one second. I can't. Hold on. Okay, there you go. There you go. I can hear you now. I can hear you now. So Puma, the, the little girl Puma helped me come back to being a good man and, and trying to be a good father. Crazy. That, that's a beautiful thing, man. It really um, is, bro. No, no, it's a beautiful thing, man. And, and, and children, children change you like that. Children, if you, if you never had a kid or if some of y'all don't have kids, children, especially girls, will change your life. If you, they'll, they'll, they'll make you more responsible. They'll make you softer. The toughest motherfucker in the world, if they have a girl, they're going to be soft. They're going to be Mr. Fucking Softy because that's just what a, a girl can do for you. It's just a certain level. I can't explain it. I, you have to have a daughter to understand. Yeah, you, you do. You were the first person that had Suge Knight as a manager, right? Yeah, Suge was never my manager. Suge was, a, Suge was my friend, you know, just a friend. The guy we hung out, we kicked it, we, didn't, we enjoyed each other's company. Of course, this is when I was wilding the fuck out. But, you know, that's that's just what that was. You know, I, I didn't have a manager. Uh, we just hung out, talked about doing things together, you know, building a record label together. This is before the wreck, you know. And then when when after the after the wreck happened, we still tried to do it, but just couldn't do it, you know. Um, and Dre was into it with with Eric, so it was easy. To, what we need to do is get Dre over here, and we can do it, you know. Mm -hmm. and, and Dre and Eric couldn't figure that thing out. So I was always going to be with Dre either way it went. So once he and Eric couldn't figure theirs out, then me and Dre decided we was going to go and do our own uh, label. Mm -hmm. And Sugar helped facilitate that. <clears throat> wow. So, so, so in the beginning, Aftermath was part of your situation? This was uh, Death Row. Well, actually, oh, right. Death Row, Death Row, right. I'm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, right. So, in the beginning, you were part of that whole Death Row situation. Yeah, yeah. Wow, okay. So, when, when did you wind up breaking away from that? Because I never knew that. I never knew that in the beginning, you, like, you were like a, a part of that entire thing. I never knew that. Well, when it first started, I was supposed to be I was supposed to be an owner, you know what I mean? Or, or, you know how these games go, right? And out there in California, um, when the game really gets dirty, if you're not prepared, then the worst motherfucking thing in the world you could be is in it, you know what I mean? And so, um, when it got really dirty out there, I had to start thinking about how I'm going to make this shit work for me, right? Because it was a first it was Suge Knight, then Harry O came in and it's all this is it's all just 
big bad wolf shit. You know what I mean? And so being in the middle of all of that funny business, being out there by myself from Texas, grabbing my nuts was not the move. You know what I mean? So I sat back and watched them, but shit continued to go to go downhill. And me, I was going downhill. I I couldn't catch myself, much less catch my business. You know what I mean? I had all the money in the world. I had all the cars in the world. I was eating great every day, living good every day. It just never crossed my mind to handle business because I was out there fucking up, you know. Um, but at the same time, being in the middle of all of that madness, starting commotion, I didn't think was the best move for me. I I'll put it to you like this. I've interviewed a good 900 people, a good 900 to 1,000 people in my career, 900 to 1,000 celebrities in my career. I have never heard somebody be that truthful about something like you just ran that down. To say, to, to take all of the ego out of it and say, no, listen, I'm by myself out here. This is some real net shit. This is some they get into some other shit right here. I'm not I'm not in a place I'm I I can't do this right now. And and, and also to here's the thing, to know it and do it is one thing. But to come on to publicly come out and say, nah man, nah, I I I, I couldn't handle that. It wasn't it, it, it I, maybe you, I don't know what it was. Was it that you felt like you might have to go to jail over that shit? Or uh, bro, shit was going to get you crazy? Or? I, was, I was not the one to be trying to be in no gunfight with these niggas. That's, that's, that's not the world I was raised in. Mm. I'd have been a fool to do that. I, I'm, I'm not a fool. Um, I didn't feel like I was... I didn't feel negatively about it because I existed inside of it. So I was strong enough to handle it. Um, I just didn't want to die over it, you know? Uh, and so my idea was to figure out how I'm going to make this shit work for me, right? Mm -hmm. But while I'm in the midst of me trying to figure that shit out, I'm still doing a shit up, load of drugs all the time. and drinking up all kinds of shit every day. I mean, it was just bad. It was, it was fun, but it was bad, you know? And, and uh, them niggas kept going up, but I kept, I kept going down, you know? But that was the path G.O.D. had for me, bro. And everything has its purpose. Remember, I was telling you just a while ago about cutting the grass and how peaceful it is. When you think about these men, all these men that you're talking about and where they are now and the emotions that must be going on with them. When at my will, I could turn this motherfucking water back on and go get a gang of it if I chose because I know it's there. I know they want it. And I know there's not a story that exists like this one. Just don't exist. I'm the only guy of them. I'm the only motherfucker they haven't heard from yet. And that was going to be one of my questions. Like, we've heard everybody's side, but we never heard your side. There's no movie. There's no documentary. There's no nothing. There's got to be something, bro, because people want to hear it. You know what? I, 
like I told you all ago, Jill, it's a G.O.D. thing. It's not a D.O.C. thing, right? And it's a purpose mm -hmm. in everything. And I wouldn't be surprised if I go zero to 60 in this motherfucker real fast, real soon. But I, I couldn't say. That I'm reading between the lines. I'm definitely reading between the lines. Um, what is it in, in your mind? Because you were there again. You knew Easy E. He 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 signed you. He got you in there. What is the one mistake that you think Easy made that broke NWA apart and started the the downturn and and, and, and taking in the death row and, to, and eventually to where it is today? I would have to say that 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 the first mistake. And the last one was probably trusting what Jerry was telling him with respect to the board, the men that made him. Because if you'd have just done the right thing, you could have had everything. You could have had everything you had, plus a whole lot more shit. And all those men could have had, you know. And so the, your first mistake was your last. It was trusting that guy went with respect to what he was telling you about those men that made you. Which which, which was what? That you guys were expendable? I, I would assume so, because that's what happened. He let you go. That was... And then, he, and then he let Drag go. What the fuck? Are you serious? Come on, bro. I got nothing but love uh, for Eric, because he's about as real as they get. I mean, he... Out of all the niggas, he was the street guy, the, the real street guy. Uh, but, but man, same thing with sure. He could have had it all, too. But he chose to go, you know what I mean? So that's the difference between me and those guys. I wouldn't have took that route, right? But it became a thing. I, you know, I, I could only say this, bro. If, if, Business was done a different way. Easy would have had Dre, you. He would have had fifty Eminem, Fifty Cent. It would have listen. It would have been. It would have been dynasty kind of shit. It would have been dynasty kind of shit, man. It it would it would have just been dynasty kind of shit, man. I, I agree. So, with that. I agree with that. But I I, so that. you know. It's a G.O.D. thing, Scoop. Like, everything has a purpose, bro. So we don't hold, I don't I don't have no hard feelings for Eric or Shug or Jim, none of them motherfuckers, because everything has a purpose. Like, they had to do what the fuck they had to do for, so that I could do what the fuck I could do for, mm -hmm. for, in order for me to be right here today. And so I'm thankful and grateful to those guys for that. Now, now, I want to ask you one more question before I get into what you're doing in Dallas, because I hear that you're helping a lot of kids, and you know you're you're, you're living, you're living, you're even extending your legacy through the kids. Do have you come to a place of acceptance regarding your voice and and where you're at with it? Because I hear you talk about God a lot, and I'm a very God-driven dude, so I I clearly hear what you're saying. Have you have you got to a point where you just you, you reached acceptance and you said, okay, this is my voice, this is what it is, and this is where I'm going to be. 
I have understanding. That whatever is going to be. It's going to be me. <clears throat> I can't say what it's going to be. But whatever it end up being, it's going to be me, God damn it, and I'm a rocket. Because um, that's, that's the way G.O.D. means it to be. Um, with respect to the kids down here, yeah, that's really my, in fact, just the city, period. And I'm not talking about the kids with respects to just young guys that want to rap. I'm talking about young guys that want to do whatever the fuck they want to do. Like, I just want to help the youngsters see a better way to go out there and get this shit. There's other ways of trying to avoid all the politics behind anything and just go do what I can do. Like, fuck what anybody else going to do. I'm just going to do whatever the fuck I can do. And whatever that is, that's what G.O.D. want me to do. Uh, that, 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 uh, see, that sounds very, bro, I know when I hear it, I know when I feel it, and I know when I see a man of God, bro, and you really about it. With that being said, I want to thank you for coming through. I will meet you. I will when I get in town. I will. I'll probably be there next Sunday. I will hit you. I, you can. I, I'll treat you the Red Claw because I, I got to go to Red Claw, bro. I I I, I, I got to go to. I, I don't know. I don't know which side it's on, but I got to go to the Red Claw, bro. I have to go, man. I'm sorry. I love Scoop, man. I'm always around, man. Anytime. Make Noise with Fat Man Scoop is produced by myself alongside Raj Kachetcha and the team at creativecontentagency.com. Please support this podcast by leaving us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. I'd love that. And by following this podcast on Spotify and sharing links to episodes you enjoy with your friends. Do it. You can also email the show via podcast at fatmanscoop.com. I answer that. Or you can DM me at Fat Man Scoop. Yes, I answer DMs. <laughs>